the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That hymn was written 120 years ago. Perhaps you're surprised because that hymn could have been written last month. There are certain truths that never change. Last week's gospel. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side of the lake. Got in a boat, set out, Sailed, Jesus fell asleep. Storm comes down on the lake. The boat is being swamped by the waves. They were in great danger. The disciples went and woke Jesus, saying, Master, we are going to drown. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and the waters. Storm subsided, all was calm. He turned and faced his disciples. He had one comment to make to them. He said, where is your faith? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this man? He commands the winds and the water, and they obey him. There is a second text. It's a verse from a book of the Bible I've never preached on. The book is Habakkuk, Old Testament. Listen carefully. The matter is faith. He says to his disciples, where's your faith? You've seen me turn water into wine. You've seen me heal blind men. You've seen me heal the lepers. You've seen me feed 10,000 with five loaves and two fish. Where's your faith? And then we have this Old Testament prophet Habakkuk. Though the fig tree does not bud, I will rejoice in my Lord. I'll be joyful in him. Though there are no grapes on the grapevines, I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in him. Though the olive crop fails, And the fields produce no grain. I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in my Savior. Though there are no sheep in the sheep pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in my Lord. And I will find joy in God my Savior. For the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And he gives me the strength to climb mountains. Thus far the text. Give me strength to climb mountains. What mountains? Mount Tabor, Mount Calvary, what mountains is he talking about? He's talking about the same mountains Jesus is talking about 400 years later. If you have faith as small as a seed that you could not see on the tip of my finger, 
If you have faith that small, you could say to the mountain, move, and it will move. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, giving me the strength to climb mountains. If the olive crop fails, if the grapevines fail, if the fields of grain fail, if there are no sheep in the pen, if there are no cattle in the stalls, he will still give me strength. No matter what my circumstances, it happened 2,000 years ago. Storm swept sea, Jesus saying to his men when they were frightened and dismayed. He says, where's your faith? He doesn't say, wasn't that quite a storm? He didn't say, we're pretty lucky we should have drowned, gone to Davy Jones' locker. He didn't say to them, you've been fishing for a long time. You ever seen a whopper of a storm like this one? He did not discuss the storm. He did not discuss the circumstance. He didn't have a little by-play with the disciples. He didn't say to them when they woke up, don't you see the clear skies over there? Another 30 seconds, we'll be fine. He does not discuss the storm. Today's gospel, woman is bleeding for 12 years. He does not say to her, which doctors did you go to? Let me sit down with you and take some notes here. What doctors did you go to? Did you go to that doctor on the back alley there in Jerusalem? I should have told you, stay away from that doctor. Did you go down to the great doctors in Alexandria, Egypt? He doesn't discuss the matter with her. He doesn't say, when did you start bleeding? When did you first notice it? What were your symptoms? Did you go into remission? Did it come back? He doesn't discuss the matter. Doesn't say to her, how much money did you have before you lost it all? He heals the woman. He does not discuss the matter. When the crippled man is let down from the hole in the roof by his four friends, Jesus doesn't say to him, who's going to fix the hole in the roof? Doesn't say to him, did you grow up with this crippledness or were you hurt by a chariot in the street? Doesn't say to him, you owe these friends of yours a whole lot, man. Those are really great friends. He doesn't discuss the situation. He heals the man. You and I like to discuss situations. Dr. Mike Hire was here last night. He loved to discuss situations. Pastors like to discuss situations. Which hospital? You got another MRI coming up? How much more chemo do you have? Does this run in the family? We got a whole list of questions. God never has questions. He just goes into action and he heals. He does not discuss your situation with you. He just goes into action and he heals. Ospo, you're at where he wants you. The oncologist you're seeing is who he wants you to see. The treatments you're going through, that's part of your prayer for healing. And you sit back and you trust him.
the great Habakkuk. Olive trees, grapevines, sheep, cattle, I don't care if they're all gone. I will rejoice in my Lord. And then he uses in the Hebrew the word joy. I'll find joy in my God. He'll make my feet as swift as a deer. He'll give me the strength to climb whatever mountain he has thought beneficial for me to climb. To the majority of Christians who follow Jesus, believe in him with all their hearts, Guess what he would ask us individually? If he were to come this morning, take us one by one into the Trinity room and do a little interview. The only question he would ask would probably be, where is your faith? Where is your faith, Paul? Where is your faith, Pam? Where is your faith, Tony? Where is your faith, Dwayne? Where is your faith, Bob? Where is your Faith, Vicky. That's the only question he would ask. And then he would make this comment. If you looked at him quizzically, he would make this comment to you. He would say, what was your first thought this Sunday morning as you woke up? Was it some fear? Was it some worry? Was it some doubt? Was it some anxiety in your stomach? Was it some shame? Was it some guilt? Was it some anger at somebody? What was your first thought as you woke up on July 1st, 2018? The interview wouldn't go on too long. There no air conditioning in the Trinity room. He'd shut it down quick. And then he would say to you, Why didn't you think when you woke up this morning... This is the day that God has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why didn't you wake up this morning and not be thinking about the surgery? And not be thinking about the outcome? And not be thinking about the cancer? And not be thinking about how am I going to pay my bills next month? Why didn't you wake up this morning thinking... This is a day that God has made. I believe in his reality, believe in his ability, and I believe in his desire to love me and to help me. Fourth of July, we celebrate this weekend. It's all about freedom. It's all about freedom. The many wars we've fought, the many victories God has given in this country. But I would speak about a different freedom this morning. Once every couple of years, I mentioned from the pulpits that there are three great enemies that face us. If all of this earth's population, 7.6 billion, were to say... Let us stop fighting each other for 30 minutes. Let us gather together seven billion strong and let us fight our three great enemies, sin, death, and the power of the devil. And then when we're through fighting them and have won the battle, then we'll go back and start fighting each other again. If we were to do that, we wouldn't put a scratch on those enemies. 
If seven billion people decided to fight against sin, death, and power of the devil, the devil would be laughing uproariously because we wouldn't stand a chance. Life's conquering weapon is faith. It is not your money. You might have a million or two million dollars in stocks, bonds, and property. Your conquering weapon is not your money. It is not your charisma. It is not your position in life. Your conquering weapon is not your intellect. It's not your academic skill, athletic skill, or musical skill, as great as those might be. Your conquering weapon is not your grandchildren or your children, as special as they are. Life's conquering weapon is faith. Faith looks at the enemy's sin straight in the eye, and it says you're conquered. Sin looks you in the eye and says you're a fool. I come against you every single day, and I beat you every single day. Your great man Luther said, I daily sin my... Don't you look me in the eye and say that I'm conquered. I come against you every day and I win every single day. And you look him straight back in the eye, your head held high. And you said every sin that I commit is cleansed by the blood of my Savior Jesus Christ. And when he cleanses my sin, you lose every single time. Because my sin is not held against me. It's cast into the depths of the sea. And then you got one more bit of information for sin and Satan. You say to him, you tried to beat the apostle Paul. You got to him. He denies Jesus just before he dies on the cross. But tell me, Satan, what happened to him some 40 days later? What happened to him? Holy Spirit came 50 days later. Jesus comes and says to him, do you love me? And Satan, you heard him say three times, I love you, Jesus. And then you heard Jesus say, Peter, you're forgiven. Go out and feed my sheep. And Satan looks at you and doesn't realize you are so wise in the scripture. And then you remind Satan of one other individual. You said you thought you had the thief on the cross in the palm of your hand. You thought he, you had him down in hell. And when he dies next to Jesus and he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Satan, do you remember what Jesus said to him? He said, your sins are forgiven. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Faith looks sin in the eye and said, deliver me from evil. And yet, if it comes, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. What about that second enemy, death? Uh, Judy Peterson sits up here where Braden's sitting yesterday. And around her is her family and 150 other people. Stan Peterson was one of those individuals who was so filled with life and energy and force and power 
that you didn't think he'd ever die. And when a, a man with that energy and that force and that power in him is no longer here, the family and friends are doubly affected. She sits up here and I share with those here gathered the most important verse in the Bible. Faith looks death in the eye and it quotes Jesus' words. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall what? Shall never die. Brain cancer not stronger than God. Pancreatic cancer not stronger than God. Liver cancer, lung cancer not stronger than God. God did not say to Stan Peterson, as long as your great heart beats, and as long as those mighty lungs breathe, I'll be with you. But when you die, Stan, you're dead, and I'm still here. God creates this universe out of nothing. Do you think he looks at death and says, I'm so scared of you, death? He looks at death and he smiles, because death is the means whereby those we love are brought to heaven. And every time one of God's children dies, Satan loses again. Because that's our entrance to heaven. When God raised Jesus from the dead, Philippians 3.20, words out of Jesus' mouth, because I live, Stan Peterson lives. Because I live, you fill in your names as I do mine. Because I live, you also shall live. Fourth of July, celebrating freedom. Sin and death, power of the devil. Was the power of the devil? It's the whispers. It's the whispers. You ought to be very afraid. It's the whispers. This is something to worry about. It's the whispers. I wouldn't forgive him if I was you. It's the whispers. Fear and worry and shame and guilt and hatred and anger and anxiety and doubts. You sit here in the pews, it's difficult for you to concentrate because he's gone a little bit longer than he usually does. Because it's early in the morning. But more likely, you have difficulty concentrating because of some issue in your life that is sitting with you next to you in the pew. Even in God's sanctuary. Jesus is in that boat and the disciples say we're about to drown. You're in this boat called the sanctuary and Jesus is right here. And too many are still drowning in their fears and worries and anxieties. He would say to you, where is your faith? This is a day that God has made. I thought this was going to be a one-parter. I only made it through half of five pages, okay? So in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at this again. And a week after that, we're going to look at it again. Where is your faith? On a Sunday morning, sitting in this sanctuary, in a padded pew, 
ready for communion, ready for songs, listening to a message. Where is your faith? In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, I think Jesus was more amazed than were the disciples. He was amazed that with all the miracles he had done, these disciples were afraid they were going to drown. I think he was amazed at their lack of faith, even more than they were amazed at the miracle he had done. Heavenly Father, may it not be so of us. May we wake up in the morning. May we say it at 12 noon. May we say it before we go to bed. This is a day, this was a day that God has made. I rejoiced and be glad in it. Because my good shepherd was hand in hand with me. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.